Blog Talk Radio. Massive voting in my life. 
We have the question, who will be the World Heavyweight Champion now that Edge has retired? Christian, at this point, has about 28 votes. And uh, I forget, uh, you know, let, let me get Fitz to check this out, our, our, our awful producer that he is, who's pretty much useless. Um, I think there's one more vote for somebody on this list. I'm not really sure, though. Let's check it out, sir. Um, check it. And the choices, of course, are Alberto Del Rio. He has the one vote. Kane, Big Show, and other. Who other is? I don't know. But, uh, sir, that would be our question. Remember, you can vote until next Tuesday when the poll will be closed. By then, Christian will probably have about 100,000 votes, sir. All right, DG, thank you so much. Um, this You're welcome so much. Show, okay. Tonight's show is definitely one filled of many different nuggets, and I thought... Definitely. Not appropriate, but I think it's, it's necessary to talk about it because we always advertise how we're always about sports life and everything in between. So I want I want to talk about life and maybe about something in between. But um I just want to mention how tragic and how heartbreaking it is to hear of the story that I heard that, um you know happened today and I just heard it only tonight about the woman that actually drove herself into I guess uh was it a river or an ocean, whatever it was. I think it was a river, her, yeah. Yeah, it killed herself and uh three of her children and then to top it all off you know, you have the one ch- child that was spared, but he actually witnessed and watched as, you know, the mother drove the car into the river and killed, you know, his brothers and sisters as well as the mother. DG, I mean, I think when I when I think of, like, heinous acts and things that, like, you know, when we talk about sin and all that stuff like that, <laughs> I really think that when when you kill yourself, it's obviously a sin because you're you're, you're leaving behind all your loved ones. But then when you include innocent children that have no idea and they're so young and so innocent, um, it's just a sad story, and I know that you have some feelings on this. Um, you know, I haven't really delved much into it. I heard about it, and, you know, now that you talk about it, I look it up. Uh, I have, um, have Fitz look it up for me. You know, it's a shame when stuff like this happens. Uh, why you, you chose to start out on this note, I don't know. But um, it's definitely... A sad state of affairs, and unfortunately, the world that we live in is a terrible one. I mean, we talk about this all the time. I talk about this with my with my kiddies over at youth ministry. But you know, it's a shame because things like this unfortunately do happen. This woman killing herself, killing her children. I mean, worst case scenario, I, I don't agree with suicide. Obviously, I, you know, I don't think it's, it's it's obviously not a good thing, and you're always going to leave behind loved ones, which is sad and unfortunate, regardless of who you are. But um, the truth is that you know, in her case, I mean, let at least let the kids live, do something, you know, and. Don't get some help. Go to go to a hospital. Do something. But you have four children, I believe it was. She killed three of them. You know, she had a fight with her husband. Apparently, she had some mental problems. Experts say she had mental problems. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't. It, it's an absolute shame. It is an absolute shame. Apparently, she was suffering from postpartum psychosis. Uh, doctor believes uh, Columbia University psycho- psychological doctor. Um, she had an 11 month old daughter. So after the birth, she was dealing with this. But to kill your all your children minus one. I don't know, sir. It's just it's terrible. It's just yeah, absolutely just, horrible. And you know, we really do our hearts and our prayers, our thoughts really do go out to family. As we said uh, with the whole Japanese thing, you know, please pray for them. Pray, pray to God. People always say, "Pray." I'm praying. You know, I'm praying. I don't know who you're praying to, but pray to the Lord above, and you know, pray that things like this cease to happen, or at least happen with less frequency. Because unfortunately. This world we live in is not a fun one. And when you hear stuff like this, when you read about stuff like this, it just makes you thankful for the family that you do have. You know, in my case, my wife, my uh, you know, my mom, dad, my brother, my nieces, all my nieces and nephews, and 
my 55 in-laws. I'm just very thankful that, you know, it's, I don't know, it's a shame, JB. That's pretty much all I have to say about that, sir. Yeah, I mean, I brought it up only because I want to open the show with something other than sports, and I thought that, you know, we could get away from the, um, you know, the sad and, you know, real world that we live in and then, you know, go back into our fantasy world known as sports and even talk a little wrestling tonight. You know, so I figured start off with something like this, but I just want to get ask you one more question. In terms of the Bible, because you are much more well-versed than I am with this, now suicide is considered obviously one of the worst sins that you could commit. Now, tell me, how when when you involve innocent children now, like, are you talking about, like, the lowest form or, like, are you right? Are you sitting right next to Satan himself when you do something this heinous? Well, the truth of the matter is, if you read the Bible, um, sin, God really doesn't differentiate with sin. You know, there, there's one sin that the Bible talks about that's un- unpardonable, but let's not get into that because then this is going to turn into, like, a three-hour Bible lesson. But okay. the truth is that when it comes to suicide, it, it's no different than murder and, you know, you're killing someone. But the, the fact is that it, it's really not our place to judge who goes to heaven or who doesn't, because the truth is, you know, what if that person in their last waning moments of life repented, you know, earnestly? It's too late, you're dying, but who knows? Only God knows that. Um, as always in the church, people think that, you know, it, it's a one-way ticket to hell, and I used to think that too, but when, when you really analyze the Bible and love and God, um, only God knows and only he can make that decision, so I really don't know. But suicide is no different than any other sin. We as humans tend to differentiate sin like, you know, killing somebody is worse than stealing, which is worse than lying. But it all ultimately leads, you know, to separation from God, which is, again, what the, what the Bible talks about. So in that sense, that's, that's probably the best estimation that I can come up with to describe what you're talking about, sir. Okay. And and like DG said, uh, on behalf of Pure Gold, uh, you know, definitely our thoughts and prayers are with the family, but also, more, most importantly, DG, I mean, the emotional scars that this 10-year-old now will have to um, overcome is just, um, you know, like it's unfathomable to think about all the things that he will actually have to endure in terms of psychological trauma. I mean, we can only hope that this child lives a normal life, but it's, I mean, he's going to need, he's definitely going to need God on his side now so he can live uh, hopefully what can be a normal life after this tragic event. Yeah, I mean, we can get into this again until the cows come home, but hopefully it's definitely it's beyond traumatic. I can never imagine such a traumatic thing in my life personally, and I thank God that my parents, you know, were able to work out their differences. And my brother and I were raised in a, you know, pretty decent home, but it's a shame that this kid has to deal with all of this for the rest of his life because there's no coming back from that in that sense. But, you know, hopefully, like I said, and you said, that he'll be all right uh, going going forward. Yeah. Um, my other real-life uh, topic that I want to mention is that Monday, April 11th, was the one month that the you know the, the tragic earthquake and tsunami in Japan happened. And um, just like DG had mentioned about uh, other tragic events in like you know history or throughout the Earth, um, you had um, you know 9/11 here in the United States. And you know it's only been a month, DG, and I I, I can't believe how fast I, I feel like. Uh, we've already forgotten that what kind of tragedy that they've gone through, and they still get hit with these aftershocks that are ridiculous numbers. Like a 7.4 earth, uh, aftershock was recorded a couple of days ago in, in Japan. Nobody even talks about how the reactors, those nuclear reactors, are doing now anymore. It's like um, you know a month later, and already everything's forgotten. That's like an afterthought. I mean, going back to 9/11, which we spoke about when it actually happened a month ago, um, people 
you know, people in that time, they seek God, they seek something better, they, uh, you know, they feel like, oh, no, you know, the world's coming to an end, let me do something with my life. But then after that, you kind of go back to normal, normal is usually not a good thing, or normal is where you're oblivious to everything. Um, I actually was reading, briefly, not much, I can't lie, uh, you know, my pastor's obviously been praying a lot about it on the prayer line, and we've been talking about it a lot, extensively in church, but... Um, they said that this is just as bad or you know worse than the Chernobyl incident in Russia back in the 1980s, I believe. Uh, I know it was uh, Kelly, one of our uh, you know Pure Gold production team, has informed me that it actually reached the level of Chernobyl, which is you know again an absolute shame for the for the people in terms of radiation, of course. But you know we what's going on in Japan? It's nuts. You know it really is. It's insane, and we just hope that things turn around for them as well, sir. Yes, sir. We do. And um, the, I mean, as as much as they try to spin it, I I feel like we talked about it, and we ended it on one episode uh, a couple months or about a month ago. Just the uh, the gas prices are just still out of control. I still feel like you know, there's no way the economy can recover. And you know, I think we we revert back to a recession if we're not already in one. I mean, you could spin all the numbers you want about unemployment, and you could say inflation and yada yada yada. But the fact is, when you raise gas price, or when gas gas prices are risen, uh, are raised, and people don't want to travel as much anymore because of these absurd prices, and now we're reaching like the four dollar a gallon mark, DG. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say other than it's. It seems like you know, we're looking at we're going to look at five dollars a gallon by Memorial Day is what they might be saying. So. Um, like, how, how do you uh, try to spin it with the Obama administration? How do you try to spin the fact that the economy is recovering? And, and you know, I, I feel like it's almost a ploy, and I feel like he almost wants to, like, say that the economy is better just to get reelected. And I, I hate the idea of people just want to get reelected just to get reelected. I mean, I don't think he's making much of a change, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, I don't really want to get into politics, to be quite honest, but... I'm not a fan of our, our current president. Um, you know, obviously, pray for him that he he do the best job that he can. But the truth is that that's what politics uh, politicians do. They spin things. That that's a, that's his only. Um, and the truth is that I don't necessarily think that he's done a great job. But you know, he, he didn't inherit a great situation from our former president. And it's just the way the economy is. Things are getting worse under under the president. Things have gotten worse. And I don't see any end in sight if we get a new president, whomever that may be. What's really going to change? It's always politics as usual. It's just not a, a good situation. Our country is in trouble. And uh, the truth is that all the turmoil going on across the world, eventually it's going to hit our doorstep. And we need to be careful of what goes on in America and just watch out for ourselves and be prepared. Sir. Agreed, DG. I, I totally agree with you on that one. And, you know, I just wanted to hit on just those two things that I, I felt like had to be discussed here on Pure Gold because, again, we do like to talk about sports, and it's good to mention once in a while that the reason why we probably watch sports is because it is a distraction from the world that we live in most of the time, and we do, you know, we do talk about wrestling as yeah, well. Yeah, it definitely so, uh, is. I just, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and, you know, I was being commented to about our upcoming guest, I don't know how you segue from this, and I don't know how you... you st- <laughs> I don't know how you go from this to anything else, which is why I don't understand. You know, folks, this is what happens when uh, the rundown is not properly planned, you know, by uh, the, the higher-ups. 
when things just kind of go by the seat of their pants, you know, with what should have ended the show begins the show. How do you segue from that? I think we should just take a five-minute break, let the dead air play, and then come back and start the show all over again because I have no idea. You go from a mother killing her children, and, and I, you know, if I can be serious because this is obviously no joke, you go from a mother killing her children and killing herself to then what's going on in Japan to then going into the economy, which, you know, it's different levels but still bad, and then, you know, to, to talk about anything else, it's kind of like, wow, okay, well, uh, you know, let's get the Jeopardy music out. But, you know, it, as awkward as this segue is, folks, and, you know, I'd like to thank Joe personally for starting out the show on, on a completely horrific, sour note. Um, I actually have a – we have a surprise for the Pure Gold listening audience, for those of you who have been with us since day one, four months ago. Um, we have a guest that I didn't know was even coming on the air until about five minutes before the show – and uh, I didn't know this person would be joining us because, from what I understood, he was going to go to, you know, the, the mountains of uh, Tibet somewhere and study under the monks or something and just be gone for a while. Uh, we have joining us a uh, friend of the program, the one and only, Mr. Pyro Falcon from Online Onslaught, who apparently has some news that I have no clue what it is. I'm a little anxious, a little nervous. Uh, on the seat, you know, at the edge of, edge of my seat. I was going to say by the seat of my pants, but that's how we do it, folks, on Pure Gold. We go by the seat of our pants. Uh, Pyro, how in the world are you doing, sir? Good evening, guys. I'm doing okay. So far, enjoying my vacation. But, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, when you first interviewed me, I remembered mentioning something about if it wasn't for the recap, I probably wouldn't watch wrestling. And yeah. um, it's sort of coming true because I really <laughs> don't care that much. But, uh, you know, I'm still <laughs> watching it, but it's like, eh, I'd rather rearrange my stock drawer, you know. Been putting that <laughs> off for a while. <laughs> wow, okay. So, uh, so lay it on us, sir. What, what is this news that you couldn't tell me about? Normally, you go through myself. I'm the liaison for uh, for Pyro, but apparently today you went through JB. So, I'm curious, uh, what's going on? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, as I'm sure you guys talked about yesterday, unfortunately I didn't catch the show, um, you know, Edge did retire on Monday, and it is very sad for all hardcore wrestling fans. But um, in the last 24 hours, there has been something that is actually far more offensive and far more horrible for us hardcore fans than Edge retiring. Oh. Okay. So, uh, oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The WWE you want a drum roll for this? I mean, should, should yeah, I get that going? <laughs> well, not only that, you should, like, find a fainting couch or something because you're seriously going to want to start choking people or, you know, passing out at once you hear this. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Okay, as you know, WWE is um, is a global company. You know, they, they show their show all over the all over the planet, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but recently, uh, well, okay, as you know, because they're in other countries, they don't always have um, the normal commentators since, you know, they only speak English. So they'll have voiceovers done by the, you know, just by who, whatever personalities are from that country. Well, WWE has released a document that's called uh, The Language of WWE, and they've sent this out to all the foreign places that show their show. Um, this document lists what is and is not acceptable terms for voicing over WWE. And I just want to read a few of these to you. Um, okay. Yeah, you'll like this. Okay, first of all, uh, the word wrestling or catch, which is what some Europeans call wrestling, is banned. 
Um, I'm sure you guys have heard that. Uh, I mean, you, you probably noticed for a while that WWE is getting away from the words wrestling for yeah, yeah. whatever reason. Well, now the word is officially banned. Um, sports is also banned. Uh, athletes are banned also. You can say that the WWE superstars are athletic or that they are entertainers or call them superstars, but you can't call them athletes. But here's the one that gets me. The One of the giant bullet points for this document is what <laughs> everyone is supposed to call WWE from now on. And its official terminology is an action soap opera. This document... <laughs> All right, I'm going to hang up now. What? Are this, you serious? This document specifically uses the phrase, for example, where it says sports is an incorrect term. It specifically says verbatim. For example, WWE is exciting entertainment or WWE is an exciting action soap opera. In the last example, the phrase action soap opera is bolded to make sure that phrase, that three-word phrase, is stated verbatim. And this is on the voiceovers of the official program. These are the commentators who will be saying how WWE is an exciting action soap opera. Yes. <sighs> All right, so <laughs> let me get this straight. Vince doesn't want them to use wrestling, doesn't want to call them wrestlers, even though what they do right. is wrestle, even though they actually are wrestling, even though in Tough Enough they're training you to wrestle, he does not want you to be referred to as, a, as an entertainer. And now it's an action soap opera? That has got to be... an action soap opera. That has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. See, 1% I, I, of me understands it because what Vince wants... And the truth is, all right, let's get into this for a second. I was listening to uh, one of my, uh, you know, one of my favorite shows, Busted Open, the other day. My boy uh, Doug Mortman, who's a friend of the program, who, you know, has been on with us, and uh, you know, behind the scenes, you know, we, uh, me and him, we're, we're practically, uh, we're practically best friends. Uh, we're hanging out, you know, this weekend. But anyway, um, I was listening to their show, and they were saying that the truth of the matter is, Vince does respect wrestling, and uh, before you guys go nuts on me, if if that weren't the case. Why would he induct guys like Vern Gagne into the Hall of Fame? Guys who have never wrestled for him. Vern Gagne, in fact, hated Vince and everything that he did when buying all the other companies. You have guys going into the Hall of Fame like Bullet Bob Armstrong. I mean, what did, what did Bullet Bob Armstrong ever do for Vince? Uh, m most of these guys who are in there, a lot of them are guys, old school wrestlers, old school wrestling people. Um, so many different guys who've gone into the Hall of Fame. So Vince is trying to legitimize it in that sense, so he does care about the business. If you've seen the documentary of uh, the true story of WrestleMania, you see Vince crying when he's talking about his father, how much being in the ring means to him. The problem is, and this is a double-edged sword, let me see what you guys think. As fans, I know what you think, but think about this as businessmen. Would you want it to still be called wrestling, pretend it's wrestling? Let's remember, remember this, wrestling has a very negative stigma about it. People, when you say wrestling, say, oh, you watch wrestling, you watch that crap. If I can do my best Yoshitatsu impersonation, people would never say, oh, you watch wrestling. I remember, check this out, I remember going to a, a function, you know, I'm, I'm part of this little, I was part of this little circle of, you know, other youth ministers and leaders and whatnot, and we, we were hanging out with our wives, and uh, the wrestling topic came up to somebody else, and I said, yeah, I watch wrestling, and I almost felt embarrassed about it because this guy looked at me, and he's into MMA, like he wanted to choke me out right then and there. So what Vince is trying to do, he's trying to separate it, say superstars. Why? Because then your superstars can become actors, even though they're terrible. Your superstars can go into other mediums, maybe music, TV, whatever the case is, 
and it'll expand the brand. Whereas wrestlers, it's like, uh, I mean, w- w- what has any wrestler ever really done? What do you guys think about that? Starting with Pyro, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, I mean, the the whole thing is just a slap in the face to me. I mean, it, it, <laughs> Vince can say whatever he wants to say about how he respects, you know, the history or whatever. What bothers me about this whole thing is they talk about, you know, wrestling is banned. I mean, that's what WWE is. That's what it's always been. And what I'm not looking forward to is the introduction of Entertainment Mania instead of WrestleMania or <laughs> Action Soap Opera Mania or whatever stupidity that they're going to come up with. Um, because, action because, Soap you know, Opera that, Mania? That might catch on, Pyro. That might catch on. You know, I could picture Action Soap Opera Mania 28 presents The Croc exactly. against John Cessna. Exactly. It's it's. I mean, I I'm about frothing at the mouth on this because you know it, it's like this is a one two like a wild punch. dog. Yeah, this is a one two punch right in the sensitive man zone. Seeing one of the most hardcore, <laughs> most dedicated guys retiring, and then two seconds, you know, two days later, hearing that you know, it's great he retired, but he retired from entertainment. He retired from an action soap opera. It's it hurts. It hurts me just saying the phrase. Yeah, and you can't. I mean, every time I say the phrase, I, I like partially laugh and partially vomit, and it, it's, uh, it's awful. It's just awful. But you know, oh, you know what's interesting though? You, you brought you brought something up, um, and I know I'm preaching to the choir on this, and maybe I, uh, maybe this has been said a lot, but there's definitely no, um, there, there's no solution here. You said that. Um, some MMA guy you were hanging with, like, got upset that you watch wrestling, right? Okay, well, MMA in legitimate sports news tends to be regarded as barbaric, but boxing is okay. And then other people will say that boxing is barbaric, but say hockey is okay. And then other people say that hockey's too violent, but baseball's too okay. And then other people say baseball's boring, but this sport's okay. My point is, <laughs> it doesn't matter what media you're talking about, someone's going to hate it. And Vince, rather, Vince is doing, um, Vince is being a people pleaser, which kind of hurts me to say because I am one. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I guess this is a say or do what I say, not what I do situation. Vince should be worrying more about making WWE WWE. You know, he should be. I agree with that. Dropping wrestling, he should be making wrestling, like, way better. Make it focused on wrestling. Make it better. Um, and instead, he's getting away from it. He's trying to please everybody, and all this is doing is backfiring because, you know, all, all of us fans feel the same way. And right now, this story hasn't, I mean, it, like I said, it's making the rounds, but it's not in everybody's face at the moment. Give it about a week, and the hated IWC and I will actually probably agree <laughs> with each other and start trashing them. But, um, I know you wanted to get JB's thoughts, but before I forget, I just wanted to mention one reason I brought this up, though, is uh, TNA is also trying to rebrand itself. WWE is rebranding itself. In fact, if I remember right, WWE is close to officially changing their name to WWE. They already did. I mean, as in, oh, they already did? Okay. Let's say they've dropped wrestling from their name. Well, TNA wants to rebrand itself, too. And if TNA really wants to rebrand itself and really wants to make a final push and try to be an actual competitor, what they need to do is start wrestling. They need to get rid of this uh, Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff, Hulk Hogan 
garbage pile that they've made, and they need to get back to what they do best, which is the X division, which is putting on good matches. It, it feels to me like we have gone back to the Attitude Era, except now WWE is taking WCW's place. You know, yeah. that's when WCW focused on crap like RoboCop coming in and helping uh, Sting oh, yeah. with a match or some stupid crap. You know, I remember. that's what WWE is starting to do. So TNA, if they really want to make a push, they'll start actually wrestling again, and we might actually have some competition. And I hope that happens. But in the meantime, you know, that's all long-term. In the meantime, we're going to have to deal with an action soap opera, and it just hurts. Uh, JB, are you still there? Are you still listening? Yeah, I'm still here. I mean, Pyro definitely is definitely bringing it tonight. And I'm so <laughs> glad that he was able to join us because, you know, this is all good. Uh, the, the one thing I did mention to DG, uh, Pyro, and tell me what you think about this, is that um, you could easily replace, you know, you, you, call it the, you call it the WWE title and you say a lot of WWE stuff. You can well, no titles are, they can't say title, it's championship. They cannot say the term title or title belt. Oh. My bad, my bad. Uh, Frank will now be suing me for all the money I have, and you have. But uh, you can easily replace the WWE when you call it, you know, when it's formally known as World Wrestling Entertainment, you could call it Worldwide Entertainment. Any thoughts on that, Pyro? Yeah, I suppose. But it's still, well, that's interesting. That would at least be a throwback to when it was the WWF. Worldwide wrestling. Worldwide wrestling, yeah, exactly. I guess it would work, but it's still getting away from what they should be doing. And, I I mean, maybe, you know, saying should, I'm I'm speaking as a fan, but on the other hand, if they just look at their business, yes, they've made a lot of money, but all their money, most of their money is coming from, um, like, DVD sales rather than the gate. You know, I mean, there was back, back in the Attitude Era, you know, WWE was getting high 4.0 and 5.0 ratings, and they were selling out every arena for anything they did. They were selling out house shows. You know, now uh, attendance is down, ratings are down, everyone knows the product is down, and now we've lost one of the few creative guys from retirement. You know, so now, you know, we're leading our show with John Cena and Randy Orton and Alberto Del Rio and Over the Hill Ray Mysterio and... God, awful. You know what's interesting is that I understand the fact that, you know, when you say the word wrestling to people that don't watch the show or don't watch wrestling, I can understand the negative connotation towards it. I don't understand you now trying to change the word wrestling and call it an action male drama. I mean, you almost make it a feminine type thing because, let's face it, who watches soap operas? The female think population. About <laughs> think about that for a second, though, JB. Um, the fact is that a lot of men do watch soap operas, and when it comes to women, that now appeals to women. A, because if you think about, think about this for a second. You know, we're all heterosexual males here. We're watching a bunch of dudes with muscles run around in short shorts, in tights, and we think it's cool, we think it's interesting, we like it, we've watched it since we were kids. I mean, what does that really say about us? But on the flip side, you have women who may be attracted to these men, think they're, you know, good-looking or whatever the case is, and then in the soap opera aspect, it's like, oh, wait, let me watch this. All Vince is trying to do, and this is a double-edged sword again, because he wants to, he, he, he's alienating us, his actual hardcore fans who watch the show, who talk about it, who read about it, who, you know, live it and breathe it, 
and he's expanding to everyone else. What ECW did, and I'll get into ECW later, and I guess well, TNA is just garbage, but ECW tried to just completely ingratiate themselves with the hardcore fans, and ultimately that failed. Vince wouldn't fail because, like Pyro talked about in the Attitude Era, they were pulling, I think they were pulling in sevens. If I'm not mistaken, Joan, you can correct me on that. They were pulling in sevens during the Attitude Era, so um, I think the action soap opera thing, it's, it's horrible, I hate it, it's stupid, it's a kick in the man zone, as uh, Pyro said, but the truth is, and it's amazing, JB, how much we still talk. We, we've, we've discussed this for the past two weeks at length, and we're not going to talk about wrestling, and all we've done is talk about wrestling in our last two weeks worth of shows. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I said, it just it, you have to look at it from that. It, it sucks for us, but you have to look at it from that angle. It, we're still going to watch it because it's really wrestling, even though Vince is lying to us or to the rest of the world, but then maybe women might watch it more because of the men and because of the soap opera angle, sir. Yeah, I mean, you have a point there. Um but, you know, I, I think that, you know, the females typically watch wrestling, which I, I don't even know if we should be calling it wrestling anymore because Vince has it's now not. got me all self-conscious about this and I'm getting verklempt. <laughs> but seriously, it's worldwide I entertainment. Mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I, this might be a generalization here, but I think that girls or the female population watches wrestling because their boyfriend, their husband, their whatever watches it too because I, I don't see – a large population of females getting into wrestling. I mean, when do we ever have a female caller on our show to talk wrestling? Huh, well, we don't have female callers. Well, we don't have callers, period, it seems, sometimes. <laughs> but we don't have female callers because they're too shy and too embarrassed to call on the show. But, I mean, you know, when you talk to people, you're right, I think. And, again, this is us being men and men are dogs and all that other stuff. We stereotype everything. But I think, like, my wife watches it because of me. She, she was... Right. Going nuts on me for watching Tough Enough, and we'll get into that later. But, uh, right. you know, there's got to be some women out there who like wrestling just regardless of their boyfriends, uh, baby daddies, or husbands, or whatever the case is. Perhaps so. But here's the thing, though. I mean, if that's what Vince is trying to do, if he's trying to get new people because of, you know, this little name change, the, the thing is, if you're gaining 100 fans but you're losing 100 fans in the process, it really doesn't matter. You know, in, in fact, I'd make the argument that it's worse because if, if you run a business, you make most of your money off of repeat customers. And, you know, if you gain 100 new fans, even if those fans are interested in your product, they will probably not be dropping money on merchandise and pay-per-views until they sit through a couple months at least of the product to, you know, catch up on storylines, get used to the way it goes. You know, and, and meanwhile, if you have now alienated 100 fans or even 50 fans who would have bought those pay-per-views and would have bought the merchandise, if you've alienated them, you're actually losing money from this. And what Vince has been doing is he's been alienating all the fans who pay the money, who buy the merch, who uh, buy the DVDs, who buy the pay-per-views, He's been alienating. <clears throat> excuse me. He's been alienating those people since what 2002, and it will event. It'll eventually come to the point where the market is going to bottom out. I, I don't think WWE is going to go bankrupt. Well, at least not for a while. But yeah. you know, they are losing money. I mean, you know, they used to be able to have what 16 pay-per-views a year, and everyone was buying them, and now they're down to 14, and pay-per-view rates are, or buy rates are down. You know. This is not going to help matters. Change it, you know, calling yourself an action soap opera and, and changing everything to match whatever in Vince's mind is an action soap opera, you know, that's not going to help his case. 
The only positive I'm seeing right now is that Vince has so completely lost his mind that um, I don't wish ill of him. You know, I, I don't want him uh, passing away <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, if he retires not. or gives up control to, say, Triple H and Stephanie, I'm Which hoping will they – Yeah, I, I'm hoping they get the ship back, you know, pointed the correct direction. Because Vince just he, – he's just making it spin in circles right now. I think that ultimately they will because Triple H is too much a student of the game, pun intended, and too much a, a wrestling man, you know, over the years. He's way too smart to let it continue to the, from this angle. Um, I mean, maybe if Vince dies or something, then, then they'll take over and they'll do it. I, the problem is that Vince, it seems, is going nuts. He's rewriting things. I heard that right after WrestleMania he rewrote Raw with, with hours to, to, you know, play with, and I don't, I don't know what he's planning on doing or why he uh, chooses the things that he chooses, but I think they do need somebody like Trip Boys to step in the gap and take over and, you know, do what he's got to do, at least from a hardcore wrestling fan standpoint. Excuse me, hardcore action soap opera sports entertainment, <laughs> entertainment entertainment, not wrestling, because that's not what they do. They act in an opera, and they use soap. But Pyro, uh, you have anything else for us, sir? Because this is definitely uh, pleasantly surprised, and I'm usually not out of the loop on these things, so I'm kind of glad that today I was kept out of the loop. Well, uh, so far there's not much. Uh, I'll say I can't remember if I've mentioned this, but Triple H um, was responsible for hiring Sin Cara, and you know he yeah, did yeah. on Monday, and he did that ridiculous sick top rope C4, which you know he's not going to be able to do to 90% of the roster, but it still looked awesome, you know. <laughs> It definitely did. To me, between the, between the chair shot on Undertaker at WrestleMania and eating the fine, which was probably $5, you know, between <laughs> that and hiring Sin Cara, you know, Triple H shows, like you said, he's a student of the game. He knows what wrestling is actually about. Yeah. And I have faith that once he gets to take over the company, he'll actually make it better, and he'll he'll – I don't think, you know, we'll go back to the Attitude Era, but he'll at least be pointed in that direction. My concern is I hope that happens before WWE starts counting their uh, their um, audience in, the, in four digits or three digits. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, sir. You know, I know that you, you've got a lot of things going on uh, personally, but, uh, you know, we definitely would like to, to get you on the air again. There's actually – we have so many nuggets and so many things we have to get into tonight. If we had three hours, you know, we, we would – continue with this but you know there's a couple other things that that I would like to get into so uh you know maybe we can get you on again uh soon at some point cuz what I, what I'd like to talk about I'll just throw this out to you now before we discuss it um at another point I'd like to talk about what the future of the WWE is considering Triple H is on the verge of retirement so is Undertaker Edge is now gone unfortunately and with the developmental system being what it is and you know the WWE churning out the same type of guys you know, maybe next week, if you're up to it, we can we can get into this because uh, we have Tuesday and Wednesday. But we greatly appreciate you coming on tonight. It was, like I said, a pleasant surprise. And for our listening audience, uh, you know, I'm sure that they're, you know, glad to hear you. And, of course, you're always welcome on the show. So, again, thank you, sir, for that wonderful, if awful nugget. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, I, I hope to see you uh, watch Entertainment Mania 28 next year. <laughs> we will be watching it right along with Evan Roberts and some of our other guests. So uh, thank you, sir. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. All right, Later, JB, I believe it's time. Do what you do, sir. Yes, sir. Folks, it is 10:39, so it's time for the sports update with.
Pod TJ, brought to you by Executive Business Machines. Do you have a copier, printer, fax machine, a computer, or even a typewriter that is from 1980 that needs repair? If you do, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400, located in Enwood Park, New Jersey. Executive Business Machine is a family-owned and operated business for over 50 years where they specialize in service, sales, and supplies on all office equipment. Once again, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400, and if you mention Pure Gold, you will get 20% off of your service order. DG? Sure. Yeah, and uh, before we get Todd on the air, and you know, Todd really should invest in a typewriter of some sort and go to executive business machines because he's always talking about how he can't read his own handwriting. But that on fire with pyro segment, which is not properly introduced because of the shock value, the magnitude of what it was, was brought to you by Freedom Cleaning. Do you have an office, an apartment, or even a church that needs to be cleaned? I know that executive business machines has an office. I know I have an apartment, and I know that I have a church that does need to be cleaned. Call Freedom Cleaning at 973-668-2275, located in West Patterson, a.k.a. Worthen Park, New Jersey. They service Passaic, Bergen, Essex, and Morris Counties. Freedom Cleaning is an LLC. Their motto, let us do the dirty work. Call Benjamin Ortiz for a price quote today at 973-668-2275 or email them at freedom, the number two, clean, at yahoo.com. And mention Pure Gold, folks. And without further ado, we have the one and only Mr. Todd TJ. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Wonderful. You're watching overtime yeah, hockey, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I, I am. I am watching <laughs> overtime hockey. So, like JB said earlier, it is a very busy night in sports tonight, so let's get right into it. In the NHL playoffs, like we were just talking about, the Rangers and the Caps are nodded in overtime with less than eight minutes to play. Fingers crossed for the Blue Sharks. Red Wings over the Coyotes, 4-2. to two. The Pens shut out the Lightning, so the wife went to bed happy tonight. Canucks lead the Blackhawks in the first. The Predators and the Ducks are facing off at any moment. In the NBA, Celtics over the Knicks. <laughs> of course. Yes. Damn it. I was waiting for a reaction. I got nothing. You left me hanging. Well, well I'm, all, I'm, sa- I'm saving myself for Sunday night when it really counts. So. Yes. Very well. Very well. <laughs> Bulls over the Nets, Cavs over the Wizards, Mavs over the Hornets in the closing minutes, the Rockets over the T-Wolves, T-Wolves the uh, Magic over the Pacers, Pistons get past the Sixers, Bucks and the Thunder are in overtime still, Jazz over the Nuggets, Heat over the Raptors, Bobcats over the Hawks, the Grizzlies and Clippers, Kings and Lakers, Spurs and Suns, Trailblazers and Warriors are about to tip off at 10.30. So lots of late games tonight as well. In Major League Baseball, it was hard to watch tonight, guys. The Rockies and the Mets, it was just hard to watch. I don't know. Mets another one, five to four. Padres over the Reds. Phils over the Mets. Brewers over the Pirates. Marlins get past the Braves. Cubs and the Astros. That game is probably over by now. Cubs were leading. Uh, Dodgers and Giants, no score in the third. Cards uh, are leading the, Demon, the Diamondbacks eight to nothing in the third in, in the third inning, which is <laughs> bound to be a blowout. Uh, Jays over the Mariners, A's over the White Sox, Royals beat the Twins, uh, Rangers lose to the Tigers, the Yankees beat the Orioles. Yeah, great, fantastic, more good news. And uh, Angels over the Indians in the twelfth inning. And the uh, Rays and Sox are rained out tonight. And that's your sports update, JB. 
Thank you, TJ. And uh, Action Male Drama sponsors Todd's Take. So, Todd, take it away. <laughs> well, I, I just want to personally thank Pyro for calling in and pulling the ripcord on this show that was hurtling towards Earth at light speed. <laughs> and now now I can do my, my little segment and uh, feel pretty good about it. Uh, tonight, I don't technically have a rant tonight. It was more like uh, some commentary on some click. current events tonight. So, <laughs> click. There it is. So, uh, Barry Bonds was convicted today of obstruction of justice in the perjury case against him. Uh, Damn it, you took my note. That was a nugget. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Federal grand jury that he never knowingly used PEDs. Um, Unemployment is at 9-plus percent. Gas is at $4 national average. We're fighting two wars, and this is what we're spending $7 million in taxpayer money on. Well, if you're enjoying if you're enjoying all this, don't worry, because we're going to do it again real soon with Roger Clemens. Peyton Manning and his high school sweetheart wife, Ashley, gave birth to twin son, uh, twins, son Marshall Williams Manning and daughter uh, Mosley Thompson Manning. You know, congratulations to them. And I have to say that after seeing a picture of her for the first time today, I have to say she's not as hot as I thought she'd be. <laughs> Kenny Britt, wide receiver. <laughs> Kenny so Britt, wait, wait. wide receiver. Oh, hold on a second, Todd. Is she as hot yeah. as Jen Sturger or no? Jen, Jen Sturger's hot in a different way. <laughs> I mean, a hot box of rocks. She has no class. You know what I mean? Oh, no yes. She's exactly my kind of girl. Exactly. She's the kind of girl that every man wants but doesn't want to marry. Exactly. So, Kenny Britt, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans, was arrested in his hometown of Bayonne, New Jersey, on Tuesday. Yes, my my wife used to live there. (laughs) Local police alleged that Britt was uh, cited doing 71 in a 50-mile-per-hour zone when he uh, evaded police. He was found shortly afterward walking away from his blue Porsche parked on a side street. When apprehended, Britt (laughs) denied that he was even in the car. Then he denied driving the car. Then he finally admitted to being behind the wheel. Another feel-good story about a local boy making good. The NBA is uh, responding to a report that its Las Vegas Summer League will be canceled due to a July 1st lockout. They say that it has yet to make a decision on whether or not the summer games will continue. Now, I'm not really a fan. Uh, I'm not really familiar with the Summer League uh, play so JB, I know you're a fan of the NBA. So can you tell me a little something about the summer league? Like when did this start? They they've always had summer league. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody is watching regular season games. Who gives a crap about the summer league? Okay. <sighs> That's enough sports nuggets, news rant nonsense. I think we can uh, we can all agree that enough of your time has been taken. I'm Todd Johnson. JB. Thanks, TJ. Now uh, go back to watching your Rangers and Capitals, and you have well, a good actually, I think a better thing, go back to Jen Sturge's website, because, you know, Todd, I have to admit, in defense of my girl Jen, you said something to the effect of, you looked at her website, and it was like a porn website. I think you were actually looking at something else, because when I saw it, I didn't see any of what you did. So Joe and I pretty much have come to the theory that you couldn't read your own handwriting, and you were looking at the wrong thing and talking about the wrong thing, but... I digress, sir. We forgive you. Have a wonderful weekend. You didn't, you didn't think that that opening page of her website was like a porn site? 
No, it looked like uh, like a, I guess a model or something. It looked like she wanted to, you know, talk about butterflies and rainbows and kittens. I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> but anyway, <porn> <laughs> most porn actors consider themselves models first. Uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't know about that on this show, sir. Thank you, as always. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> that was the one and only Todd joining us for another wonderful uh, train wreck of a rant. But again, we thank Todd. And that nugget on Bayonne was interesting because, like I said, when I first met my wife, she was uh, she was going to Rutgers. He mentioned Rutgers, and uh, then eventually, when we reconnected, she was living in Bayonne and probably you know doing illegal substances over there. But let's not. Uh, Let's digress from that. We actually have another special guest joining us this evening. The one and only, coming back after like a six-year hiatus, the one and only Hans is joining us tonight. He has a couple of news and nuggets and things he'd like to talk about. So, sir, how are you doing? How's it going, DG and JB? <laughs> it's going Yo. great, as you can hear. As you can hear from the show, we have a lot of interesting things going on this evening. Well, first I like to open up with... Limitless, the movie, I have a review on it. DG, you actually went to see the movie with me. I did. You said it dragged. I didn't think it dragged at all. I think it was an excellent film, other than the fact that, you know, if you do drugs, you pay no consequences. Yeah. I didn't agree with that. Do you have experience in this, sir? No, I don't, actually. (laughs) Just thought I'd throw that out. But anyway, uh, continue, please. <laughs> well, other than that, we have Michael Shannon joining the Superman-named Man of Steel film as Zod, Amy Adams as Lois Lane, which reports have it say that she's really not Lois Lane, but she might be. So who really knows? Be? Me and DG actually spoke about this. She's actually, I think, 36 or 37 years old. Or 47. Either way, she's too old to play the part. We had yes. other choices that were much younger, actually younger than the guy playing Superman. I yeah, think yeah. we had a couple of choices uh, that were 26 or 27 years old, and they didn't get picked. But Amy Adams, a 37-year-old, 10 years, Superman's age, got picked. I Yeah, I know. I mean, she's a great actress. I don't agree with it because she's actually older, 10 years older than her. Yeah, than she's an him. old ha- I'm sorry. An old hag, sir. Yeah, pretty much an old hag. I don't know, TG, what are your feelings on this? Well... I, uh, you know how I feel. I mean, I'm sure Joe has no opinion because he usually never does. But, you know, before we, you know, we have to get back to Limitless for a second because uh, it was commented to me by one of the staff, like, that was your review on Limitless. Basically, all you said was, I saw the movie with DG. He thought it dragged. I didn't. Go do drugs, kids. That's it. That's basically your review. We'll get back to that in a second. As far as I, I love the movie. <laughs> I, I actually love the movie other than the overall theme that you do drugs and you come out on top. I I actually love the movie. It moved on consistently. It didn't drag to me. It moved on perfectly. The story writing was great. Other than the theme, that's the only problem that I had with it. Well, 
The truth of the matter is that I, I again I did like the movie. Um, I was I was impressed, and I have to say this: I was very impressed. And I told you there was maybe one or two bad words in the whole movie, and that was impressive to me because I figured they were going to be even for VG13. You know, it was, it was definitely some some good stuff. But aside from that, um, you know, we we both liked the film. We thought it was good. I thought the ending was kind of like, man, you know, he he wasn't really the good guy or the bad guy. He was kind of like in between, and, he, and nothing happened. He got no consequences, like you said. Um, I mean, I'm sure Joe has plenty of experience with, with drugs and everything, but uh, aside from that, getting back to Man of Steel, I don't know about this whole filth of Amy Adams, who's like 50 years old, being uh, Lois Lane. First of all, she doesn't look the part. Second of all, if they were going to pick somebody this old, why didn't they pick some of the actresses that we discussed? They could pick the girl from, uh, what is that, uh, Barely Legal? Is, is that the name of the show? I forget. Fairly Legal? Yeah, um, it's Barely Legal. Uh, Sarah... Shahi, I think her name is. Which yeah, she's... well, that's not her real name, but yeah. <laughs> she's like 32 years old. She plays the perfect part. She looks the part. I mean, Amy Adams, she's all right as far as looking the part. You know, you could change the hair. She's a great actress, but she doesn't look like Lois Lane. And early reports said that She's just, um, I don't even know what to call it. She's just a stand-in, I guess. She's not really Lois Lane. They just picked her for a part in the movie. She's not, um, it hasn't been What's that? What the hell is that? Is somebody flushing the toilet back there? What's going on? No, no, I'm I'm actually outside. I'm not in a bathroom or anything. Okay. Just, <laughs> you're outside of the of the PG studios is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. But Amy Adams uh, wasn't officially said as she is picked for Lois Lane. She just has a role in the Man of Steel movie. So we don't really know if she's Lois Lane or if she's just Ursa or just somebody in the movie. All right, uh... Jamie, you have any thoughts on this? I, I, I'm not sure if you're the one flushing the toilet, but something is going on there. <laughs> Jamie? Oh, I just had to drop the deuce. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> well, this whole segment has been one big deuce, but uh, you know, getting back to reality, since you obviously have nothing uh, good to contribute, the truth yeah. is that, again, Amy Adams is an old hag, a good actress. My wife forced me to watch Julie and Julia the other day, pretty good. Um, you know, for a chick flick. But aside from that, you know, they could have picked so many other actresses, so many different women who are better looking, better actresses. Again, the girl from Fairly Legal would have been perfect, and uh, Pyro commented to me that he's in love with her and Melina. But aside from that, if you're going to go that old, by the time you do the second or third movie, she's going to be in her mid-40s. I mean, am, JB, what, put aside the fact that you're usually useless when it comes to this stuff. What do you honestly think about it? Don't you think that she's a bit old to play the, the role of Lois Lane in what hopefully is going to be like a three-part series? She could be Lois Lane's mother at this point. I mean, 50 years old is just—it's way too, way too old to be honest with you. But I just want to ask you guys because you guys are the experts at, at movie reviews and you know going to watch movies because I have no time to go to the movie theater anymore. Why do they reboot uh, um, um, like the whole Superman series? Why can't they just be original and just do something different? Why do you have to reboot it again and again and again? I don't understand again. it. And again. All right. An answer to that is 
because Superman is such a beloved character, such like Batman or Spider-Man, there's no way you can make comic book movies and not include Superman and not include Batman. Superman is such an iconic character that every few years you just you just have to bring him back, even though it's you got to reboot it again and again, again and again. And reports say that after the Dark Knight Rises, which is a stupid title, absolutely Horrible. stupid title, awful. They're going to reboot the Batman series, but that's besides the point. That we can discuss that next week. Right now we're discussing. Superman, and Superman is such an iconic character. He's been around for about what forty years. You just have to bring him back 40. and have like to bring 70, him back, man. Somewhat <laughs> originally. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that. like that that last <laughs> film, Superman Returns, was horrible. Superman sucks. Was I'm just, so, what was it called? Superman sucks. I'm sorry. What was that? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it, it Superman sucks completely. Don't watch this movie. Don't even pay for it. Wait till someone Sir, bootlegs it for you. Let's just get, I, let's just get I this straight. I believe that was the complete title of it. Sir, yeah. let's just get this straight for a second. Um, Superman's been around since the late 1930s, first of all. So it's been way more than 40 years, second of all. Um, the whole the whole thing about rebooting stuff, I mean, we can we can do a whole show about this, but of course... The truth is, we can do a whole show about just about any topic that we discuss or nuggets or anything. The whole they have a new twenty one, they have a new twenty one Jump Street reboot. Who the hell thought rebooting twenty one Jump Street was a good idea? Can can you please tell me that? And the fact is that Superman I, reboot. It, hold on, sir. A Superman reboot is equal to an action flying male soap opera entertainment merchandise machine returns again and again. What do you think about that for a title? I actually like the twenty one Jump Street reboot. Oh, I mean, shut up. I I only like it if they do it right. If they Which they won't because it's Hollywood. They true to the show. They won't. If they go off on some tangent like they did with G.I. Joe. With G.I. Joe? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Would you wait a second? the whole <laughs> idea. Sorry, would you wait a second? Channing Tatum is a part of the 21 Jump Street cast, first of all, which I told you earlier today. And second of all, that tool, Jonah Hill from Super Awful, is going to be in the movie. So how are you going to tell me that they're going to do this right? This is going to end up being but some, like, knocked-up indie stoner comedy. Come on! You make us all sick! <laughs> okay. Sir? Sir? He doesn't necessarily have to be writing this movie what to make hell? it good. 20 Jump Street could be a great 20. movie if they stay true. That's a prequel, 20. <laughs> I was about to say that. 20 Jump Street is a prequel to 21 Jump Street. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't know what happened, but apparently, uh, you know, uh, our Hans got disconnected or young up. I don't know why. <laughs> he didn't get <laughs> Jamie, you took the words right out of my mouth. 20 Jump Street. I, I, what, the, what in the hell is this guy talking about? Instead of rebooting all these movies all the time, why can't we just combine some of these things? How cool would it be to, to have like a movie where Batman and Superman are actually in the same movie? 
Well, they're going to do it justice. So this is another thing that we can talk to about Hans once he finishes flushing the toilet. Um, you know, they're going to do a Justice League movie. Superman and Batman are going to be in it, but apparently they're going to be different actors than the ones that are currently slated to play Superman and Batman in the movies, uh, in their individual movies, so that'll be horrible. You know, these are the same people who thought that putting Wonder Woman and Batman on Smallville would confuse fans, but yet they're going to have two different movie franchises out at the same time with different actors playing the same characters. And, folks, we have Hans joining us again. Don't know what happened. Apparently his mic shut off. He got too excited. So tell us about 20 Jump Street, the prequel to 21 Jump Street. Please. (laughs) Sir, are you there? Unmute him, DG, please. (laughs) I, I, I did. Hans, are you there? All right, I don't know what the hell's going on with Hans, but apparently he's uh, he's boozing it up, and he's just not he's not coherent right now. But uh, you know, it's funny with this show, Joe. You gotta admit that the great thing about it is that we can ramble and rave about things, and we have so many nuggets we haven't gotten to a single one, other than the fact that Todd stole my Barry Bonds nugget, which I did about five minutes before the show when I was going on the air. Um, we haven't gotten into a single nugget, so um, all right, it looks like we have Hans with us again. Let's try this one more time, folks. We apologize for those of you in the Twitterverse out there um, listening to this foolishness. Hans, are you there, sir? Yes, I am. All right. What what the hell happened? I don't know. I'm calling from my cell phone. AT&T sucks. That's all I can say. Okay. Good night. (laughs) Well, Hans, thanks for joining us again just to hang up on us. You did a great job, uh, I have to admit, Hans really brought the craft tonight. Um, sir, moving move on from 20 Jump Street, do uh, you have any nuggets? Because I have about five, four nuggets, thanks to Todd, that I'd like to get into that we we need to discuss in the, in the overrun of this show. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get into the NBA playoffs because they start Sunday night, or they actually start Saturday, but the NHL playoffs are underway, and thank God the New York Rangers, I just want to be uh, give Todd... Uh, uh, do the update instead of Todd, but you know the Rangers actually lost two to one in overtime about five minutes ago. So, good news for the anti-Ranger fans that are all around well, you, us, like myself. You pretty but, much you pretty much gave us uh, one less score than Todd did during his entire update. So, you know, I just thought I'd throw that out there. But anything else there? <laughs> yes. Tell me what you think about this. A reliable source had told me before we went on the air today. Fitz and a couple other producers backstage told me to mention this. Do you know what Kobe Bryant recently did on the court? I uh, heard about it because of you. you heard about <laughs> it. Lay it on us, sir. He called the referee an effing fag. I mean, that <laughs> right there, the, the the face of the NBA, you know, Kobe Bryant and I guess LeBron James are both the face of the NBA, but for Kobe Bryant <laughs> to call a referee an effing fag and Howard Stern, I mean, Daniel Stern, I mean, whatever his name is, the commissioner of the NBA, something Stern, Daniel Stern, for him not to suspend David Kobe Stern? Bryant. David Stern, there you go. I don't even know what this guy's name is. but the so fact Daniel that he Stern did, is an actor. Yeah, that's right, from uh, Wonder Years, I believe. Um, he was the voice yeah, of the, yeah. the voiceover, yeah. But um, yeah. David Stern does not suspend Kobe Bryant Wait, because David obviously Stern? Daniel Stern. Okay, Daniel Stern, the actor from City right. Clickers. right. And the guy okay. that was the voiceover of the Wonder Years back in the day. Right. Which right. is David Stern. Right. 
Anyway, so this guy Stern doesn't suspend Kobe Bryant, which I, I, you know, obviously I hate Kobe Bryant with a passion, and it would have been great for him to be suspended for at least for one playoff game for doing this kind of reference. He's he's obviously upset the homosexual population, DG, and let's just face it, when you upset them, you upset a a bunch of people that you shouldn't be messing with. <laughs> yeah, I love how you said when you upset them, you, you which you've done several times, you upset a bunch of people. Yeah, um, I don't know. I know I know that it, it's definitely not the politically correct thing to say, and it's really it's something you, you probably shouldn't say. But the fact of the matter is that you know Kobe Bryant. I don't know how this guy who you know sleeps around with women, cheats on his wife, and then gives her a four million dollar ring is the uh, the face of the NBA. And then LeBron James, another absolute weasel whose mother's getting arrested for you know bullying people. Um, beating them up and whatnot at hotels. You know, I mean, the, the NBA, it, it's a disgrace, the face of the NBA. They, they need some, some good talent who's going to stay out of trouble, you know, stay out of harm's way, as it were, and, you know, do what they got to do. But aside from that, sir, uh, any other any other nuggets aside, aside from Kobe Bryant being offensive to the uh, homosexual population? I do find it great that, you know, you know, we have a show, Pure Gold, here, and we have uh, both our basketball teams in the playoffs. And not only that, the double feature, double bonus of that is that they're actually playing each other in the first round. And, you know, there are people that are actually picking the New York Knicks to upset the Boston Celtics because the Knicks are just a younger team. They got more, apparently they got more passion and more desire to, to beat the Celtics. I, I, as far as I know, the Celtics went to the Eastern Conference, they went to the finals last year, and they lost in Game 7 to the Lakers. So, um, you know, while I, I give the Knicks a, a, a decent shot, I don't think that the Knicks are going to actually win that series. DG, before the this, this series starts, do you, I mean, you're going to watch it, I'm going to watch it. Do you, do you think that the Knicks have a shot to beat the Celtics? I do think the Knicks have a shot to beat the Celtics just because of the fact that other than today, the Knicks have been playing, you know, excellent basketball. Amari's finally back on the court, and then my boy uh, Carmelo Anthony is going to get the job done. I do think that it's possible. Do I think it's likely? No. As a fan, you never want to pick against your team, so I can't pick against them. But I honestly think that this game, this series will probably go at the most six games. Uh, what about you, sir? What prediction do you have for this slot fest? I really think that the Celtics will take it in five games. I, I think that the Celtics will win their, their two home games, and then they'll split one of their you know one of their games in Madison Square Garden, and then they'll just finish it off in game five back in Boston. Okay, well, well, you know, it's interesting. I think my favorite part about this whole thing is that we spent an hour and about five minutes talking about anything but our two teams being in the NBA playoffs, and uh, <laughs> we don't care because, you know, we talk about it for two seconds and then we move on to our next nugget. So to me, yeah. where that would have been the focal point of a normal sports show, we are talking about action soap operas. We're talking about 21 Jump Street, Jump Off, whatever the hell it's called. We're talking about the sequel, and somehow Channing Tatum gets mentioned in both movies so uh, let's just, you know, throw that out there before we, uh, you know, continue, sir. Yeah, and my last nugget is good news, DG. You don't have to hide your wife. You don't have to hide any of the female population that you consider friends or family because LT was not considered a high sex offender. He was a low sex offender. And what exactly does that mean, sir? That means he's at a low risk of potentially, you know, doing something to another female that is illegal. Okay. Uh, you have any other awful nuggets for us there before I get into mine? No, that was my last nugget. I, I got no more. All right. Well, it's good to know about that, sir. But, you know, um, one of the things that I wanted to discuss with Pyro, but of course we did not get a chance to, was uh, 
what's going on here as we're you know we're ready to uh, to close out the show. My first nugget, and I'm going to get into a couple other ones. Um, you know what? As a matter of fact, I think Pyro is still with us. Pyro, are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. All right, good. Pyro is a loyal listener. Um, I just have to throw this out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, low risk for STDs. One nugget, and I want to get your take on this before we, you know, let you go again. Christian has now been named the other, well, we have a spoiler alert. He's now the other number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. He's going to face Alberto Del Rio at the Elimination Chamber. I'm sorry, Extreme Rules. Sorry, I forget these. I get these names mixed up. Extreme Rules, the next pay-per-view. He won a 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal at SmackDown, which was taped last night. And, Pyro, I know you don't get into spoilers, but I forgot before I put you on, on the show. On our poll, Christian is winning by a lot, and I, I told Joe this. I think that Christian should become the face of SmackDown. Any thoughts on that, sir, the fact that he's going to be going up for the SmackDown title at the next – I'm sorry, championship at the next Action Soap Opera event? Yeah, well, I'm on record as saying uh, way back when wrestling was still called wrestling um, that Christian should have actually had the nod over Edge. As much as I like Edge and respect Edge and think Edge is awesome, um, I think Christian could have done it better. And he was always – Christian was always underutilized and underrated, so – now that he gets a shot, if he if this is the vehicle to give him the belt, I think that you know it'll it'll be wonderful. I mean, I, I don't see how it can go wrong. He was all, already the face of TNA, did great there. Um, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to uh, run with the ball if he gets it. I'm okay. pretty excited. JB, any thoughts on this? Well, I'm going to take the opposite approach and say that. <laughs> You know, it's always more it's always it's always more compelling when the heel is the champion and you have the face chasing after him. So I think you could build a great storyline between Christian Albert Del Rio that you know, con- that finally concludes maybe up until SummerSlam where they have this big blow off match. You know, we could say that Del Rio somehow wins the title like with, you know, either Brodus or even that that announcer that he brings down to the ring, I forget the guy's name, Cesar Chavez I think it is. Um, but, you know, you could easily <laughs> yeah. have Albert Del Rio win that match at Extreme Rules coming up on May 1st. And then you could have, you know, Albert retaining, you know, cheating his way. And then finally, like I said, have a blow-off match. And then finally have Christian take the title from him at the big pay-per-view known as Summerfest. Because it's not <laughs> SummerSlam, it's Summerfest. And then from there, you could have Christian carry the show from August till maybe till the Royal Rumble. Okay, I'll give you that one. As long as Christian stays as the number one face of the brand, I'm cool with it. I mean, you know, if he doesn't get the belt for now, that's fine. I just, I, it's like, I am so sick of Rey Mysterio. I just hope Rey isn't the one who gets promoted into that oh, top slot. Please. And if Christian is the one who's gotten this uh, royal, uh, battle royal win, then, you know, prospects look good. Yeah, they definitely look good, but unfortunately... Yeah, unfortunately, Vince has never been a big fan of his, and, and I don't I actually don't think he's going to win the title at this point. I'm hoping, and I really I said this on Tuesday for those of you out there listening. Uh, Christian really should get multiple title reigns because Edge is now gone, at least two or three. I'm thinking as the World Heavyweight Champ on SmackDown, maybe trading it back and forth with Alberto Del Rio and whomever else, maybe Kane again to do something. He really needs to become the face of the brand. But I heard they're talking about maybe Randy Orton going over, maybe John Morrison. You know, if he you know yeah. Molina stops sleeping around on him. Uh, maybe John Morrison will, will get that push over to SmackDown. Who knows? But, of course, he's terrible on the microphone. We just hope that Christian will be the one to get it, and hopefully our poll will, will prove true. But, Pyro, once again, we thank you, sir. I just have to throw you on there before we uh, you know, flush this one down the drain. Hey, always. 
Folks, uh, that was once again, that was Pyro coming on. It's not deja vu. He's on again. Uh, or was on again. And is now not on again. All right. The other wrestling note, before I get into a couple of baseball things, as time advances upon us, today marks the 14-year anniversary of the first ECW pay-per-view, Barely Legal, which is what I was thinking of before when I said the actress from Barely Legal, that would be, you know, Fairly Legal, should be the one at uh, the new Superman movie. JB, what did ECW mean to the landscape of pro wrestling and is it missed now, not the fake WWE CW, but what did it mean to the landscape of pro wrestling? A, is it missed now? B, and C, what place would it play in today's wrestling, sports entertainment, slash soap opera landscape? Well, I'm going to answer it in reverse order because, damn, you asked like three questions in a row. Let me uh, try to answer that last one. It would never make it in this new, you know, this new world of entertainment, male soap opera, because... You know, they like to be PG, and ECW was anything but PG. They were all about being extreme. Every match was basically no DQ. And you had, you know, you had your hardcore fans that were loyal to the brand. I, I don't think that, you know, there's that many wrestling fans in the WWE or even, well, I guess maybe there are loyal fans in TNA because they don't have to pay for their tickets. But the fact <laughs> is that ECW, yeah, ECW would never have made it nowadays. Uh, according to the standards and practices of the WWE. So that's the first question of your last question, or the first answer of your last question. What was the second question? The second question was, um, do you think... You make it sound sick. So what did it mean to the uh, pro land, landscape of pro wrestling, and is it missed now? That was the that was the other question. Oh, for the, the, for the fan like myself that's been a fan for... Since about 1990, I definitely miss ECW for the fact that, you know, there was some storylines here and there, but it was really all about wrestling and just, um, they, you know, obviously some matches were all about spot fests, but I miss ECW just for the fact that it was entertaining to me, more entertaining than what WCW put on and more entertaining what WWE puts on nowadays. So, I mean, ECW is definitely missed in that regard. Do you agree with that, DG? I do agree with that, which is why I brought it up. It's definitely missed. I mean, I was never a big fan of ECW just because at the time I was strictly WWF before right. WWE, you know, came along. But uh, I know I, I did follow it a bit with Jerry Land, guys like that who could really work. Uh, Landstorm, one of my favorites. RVD, one of my favorites, you know, RVD pothead that he is. Um, aside from that, though, I definitely think it's missed. And I agree with you that it wouldn't last in today's atmosphere. But, I mean, if TNA can have Kennedy calling himself an a-hole or Anderson calling himself an a-hole and his fans are a-holes, the thousand people in that horrible, miserable arena. Uh, oh, by the way, TNA will not be in the uh, impact zone at their pay-per-view this Sunday. It will actually be in a real arena, which is good to hear from their perspective. But like Pyro said, hopefully they'll get their stuff straight, fire everybody uh, who works at the top, keep the talent, and really start pushing them. Um, but definitely ECW is missed, sir. Uh, moving on from wrestling, we talked, I think, too much today. And, again, we just can't get enough of it. <laughs> I have a couple of baseball notes. Actually, just two, since uh, three, since Scumzilla, Todd, stole my nugget. Josh Hamilton of the Texas Rangers will be out six to eight weeks after he broke his arm sliding home yesterday against the Tigers. Um, you know, obviously, he's a starter of the American League champion Rangers. I'm a huge fan of his due to all the problems that he's overcome, even though they are his own doing. Um, the issue here, sir, and this is our, I need your take, he broke his arm trying to tag up a pop foul by the Tigers' dugout. How in the world does the coach, how can somebody, A, 
how can the coach be dumb enough to send him? And B, how can on a play like that, considering how close it was, even if there was nobody at the plate, if, if the catcher was, was over by third base, and yeah, I can understand that, but but it wasn't even that far. He broke his arm. He's a star hitter now. He's out for almost two months. And why is it that players are so dumb and continue to slide head first into any base? It's such a bad idea. It's just bad baseball, and it's an injury waiting to happen, sir. Yeah, I agree with you. Not only that, but Josh Hamilton is very injury-prone. I mean, if you look at his injuries over the last couple of years, he gets injured a lot. And for the fact that he's still sliding headfirst, I mean, don't you think that they should institute a rule within the team? They can't institute it within Major League Baseball because you're allowed to slide headfirst. But I, I would say anybody that slides, you know, headfirst in the game gets, you know, misses the next game and just teaches them a lesson that way because you're right. Sliding headfirst is so dumb that where you know you, you you risk so many different types of injuries to your body, it just makes no sense. I, I don't know why Hamilton did it. I don't even know why the the coach decided that was a good idea to tag up on. You're right on all accounts, and it's a shame that the guy's going to be out for two months because he really you know is the the main star for the Rangers, and he will definitely be missed for the next two months. He definitely will. Um, it's a shame, but. I guess we'll see again. Hamilton's one of my favorite players, but he is—he's a fool for sliding. He actually backtracked yeah. on some comments that he made because he—he—he he, he got in his coach's case, said he was dumb, said he was terrible for the whole his—his uh, his coach for sending him. But then he backtracked on that. But um, you know, th- there's just no way you should never send anybody in that situation. You should never slide head first. Your boy Jose Reyes likes to do that, so you know, he's a fool. Yeah. Aside from that, sir, getting into a little Mets nugget, we have former New York Met Carlos Adelgado. He announced his retirement today. He ended up uh, he ended his career after playing 17 or parts of 17 seasons with the Mets, the Blue Jays, and the Marlins. Delgado, we got to see him firsthand in New York, was an amazing player in his day, but he just completely fell apart at the end of his career. You know, he's a perfect example of what happens when you come to the Mets as a superstar. You fall apart. He had 13 straight seasons where he hit at least 24 home runs, and he had 10 years in a row where he hit at least 30 home runs up until it was broken with the Mets in his second year, of course. I mean, he did good up until the very end, which was his last season. He only played 26 games, had like four homers and 20 RBIs, so he wasn't doing much. But he ended his career with 473 home runs, just 27 shy of the magic number of 500, unless you're Mark McGuire, and he had 1,512 RBI. Any uh, thoughts on that there? About his retirement, I mean, yeah, Delgado was definitely um, one of my favorite Mets uh, when he came to the team. But it seems like whenever Mets, uh, whenever the Mets sign a free agent or even trade for one, it's usually on their decline of their career or you know, you know, past their their twilight, and just you know, it's where they come to retire as Mets uh, because you know, let's just face it, the Mets the Mets are jinxed. But I did like Carlos Delgado for the fact that he brought some credibility to the team for you know for at least for a few years from like what 2006 to 2008 2009. Yeah, 2009 was his final year with the Mets. Final yeah, year, so, in uh, really. Right. So uh, as long as the guy didn't do any type of steroids or anything like that, I have a much respect for the guy. I mean, he didn't he didn't stick around to try to get to that magic number of 500 which I think you probably do need to get into the Hall of Fame nowadays. But um, definitely a good guy all around. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, he just, you know, couldn't play anymore to his abilities. I mean, he he did break down his last year, and then, you know, obviously he had to retire. Yeah, it's true because, 
Delgado could have one more season with the Mets of his typical. He would have hit 500 home runs, which is great. I mean, 473 homers, 30th on the all-time list, and over 1,500 RBI. Nothing to scoff at, but you know, it's just amazing, like you said. I mean, he was signed in not even he was at the end of his prime, so I guess towards the end. But the Mets are famous for that. You know, the Mets have had baseball all-time greats, Hall of Famers. Legends like Willie Hayes. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Major League. Willie Mays. <laughs> Not Willie Mays Hayes, but Willie Mays, uh, the Say Hey Kid. They had Warren Spahn. I mean, they had Roger Craig. They had Duke Snyder. I mean, you name it, the guy. He was on the Mets. I think Rogers Hornsby was one of their coaches. I mean, seriously, the Mets have had just about everybody and their mother, but it was always at the tail end of their career. They never got guys who were ever doing anything good or who were in, in their prime. And the guys they did get in their prime, a la... Mr. Everberto Alomar ended up sucking and then ended up desecrating their legacy. So the truth is that, you know, that's just the way that it is with the Mets, and for whatever reason, it's just it how it's how it happens. It ends up with this team, and the Mets, unfortunately, just don't do not do much. They, they just go back-to-back and belly-to-belly like we do. And, sir, finally, my last nugget for the evening as we close out this great overrun show. We have actually have an email that I want to get into. I haven't gotten into that yet. But um Manny Ramirez retired this week amid some more controversy with Pez, I mean P E D performance enhancement drugs that J B is familiar with, that Todd is mm-hmm. definitely familiar with, Pyro is familiar with, and of course Hans and Jose and everybody else except for me on the staff. He barely played any games this year. He had one hit and I think like seventeen at bats. He was uh, on the verge of serving another 50-game suspension. JB, how dumb do you have to be to get caught once, but how stupid do you have to be to get caught twice, and what do you think this signals for Mr. Ramirez in terms of uh, his legacy? Yeah, I definitely think he's definitely tarnished his legacy. I mean, he he got caught. He was he faced a 100-game suspension a couple years ago, and then he got caught again. Instead of you know, you know going along with the suspension, he just decided to retire. I honestly, after after hearing the second offense, that um, and after he's retired, I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a second ballot Hall of Famer. I barely think he's a third ballot Hall of Famer. I think that anybody that does performance enhancing drugs, like a Manny Ramirez, like a Mark McGuire, like a Barry Bonds, they should not get in into the Hall of Fame. And if if and when they do get into the Hall of Fame. I think that you definitely need to put that little asterisk there and mention that they did use performance-enhancing drugs because Manny Ramirez, to me, before I found out he was using steroids, I thought he was one of the best pure hitters of all time. I mean, this guy was so clutch when he was on the Red Sox. I mean, (laughs) what can you say about Manny Ramirez? You knew that when Manny Ramirez came up, you had to fear this guy. You either had to walk him or fear that the guy was going to hit a home run every time at the plate or at least drive in a couple runs that, you know, he was always the guy that with runners in scoring position, his batting average must have been ridiculous. If I had the stats right now, I'd, I'd guess that's at least 400 or maybe even 450 with runners in scoring position for his career, DG. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what his batting average is. I'd have to have Fitz look that up in our waning moments of the show. But Manny was definitely clutch. Manny being Manny would be Manny being stupid. And it's unfortunate because, again, this is going to ruin his uh, his legacy, as it were, because he is still, I mean, not now, obviously, but he recently, I mean, you're right. He was the, the most feared hitter in baseball. He's the one guy you did not want to face with everything on the line, with everything, you know, finally going downtown to Chinatown. You did not want to see Manny Ramirez 
uh, at the plate, sir. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, him and even Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, those three people right there, you could just, you know, in my book, they're not first ballot Hall of Famers, and they're definitely not second Hall, you know, second ballot Hall of Famers. I think they could, they should get in on the third try or maybe the fourth try. You think that uh, they're going to do the steroid wing of the Hall of Fame like Steve Summers always talks about, the schmoozer? Well, you could call it the performance-enhancing wing of the Hall of Fame. You don't have to call it the steroid wing well, of the Hall of Fame. Or you can just call it the action soap opera wing of the Hall of Fame. I mean, we could always get into that, too. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, that would be my, my final nugget for the evening. I have no clue how to find out what his uh, runners and scoring position average would be. But okay. we have an email here from one of our loyal listeners, uh, probably our biggest fan, uh, Shannon from, I don't even know where the hell Shannon's from, but it says here that uh, she emailed us tonight. This is Shannon, the suicidal Red Sox fan. She wants to reassure our listening audience that, uh, and us, of course, that she's not on Suicide Watch anymore, nor is she suicidal at this point. Ha, 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 she puts, you know, basically masking her, her, her shame at, you know, what, what she's done. Um, the fact is the, the Red Sox, plain and simple, frustrate her. She said, now that that's all cleared up, her not being on Suicide Watch and everything, um, you know, she just wanted to say that this is a great show. She loves it. She's recommended it to all of her friends, to her boyfriends, to her dogs, to everybody she knows, and uh, they, all, they all love it as well and listen. So uh, she wants us to keep up the good work. And, again, she's not on Suicide Watch for everybody out there. So let's just uh, let, let, let's just clear that up before we move on, sir. Um, JB, any final closing thoughts? as opposed to opening, closing thoughts uh, for the evening? It's basically the, like law and order where you make your final deliberation before the jury. Anything, sir? Uh, it's been a great show, DG, from top to bottom. It, we, we've definitely oh, covered it, a range of – we covered – We probably tonight <laughs> we've covered the biggest range of things that we could actually cover. We went from real life to sports entertainment, which is not even called sports entertainment, male soap opera, to to some sports, to some nuggets. I mean – this show had it all this week. I'm looking forward to next week. This weekend is very, you know, action-packed with the NFL, NFL, the NHL, and the NBA playoffs. So we have, you know, game one of the, the Boston Celtics and New York Knicks Sunday night. So it's definitely going to be a great weekend for sports if you're definitely a fan of the two sports other, other than baseball and NFL. So you have a good weekend, and I cannot wait to do another belly-to-belly, pure gold style, Tuesday-Wednesday. Of course, that's going to be good. Um, Pyro just sent me an email saying, go Bulls. I don't know what the hell that even means because, I mean, he's a fool. But aside from that, folks, we'd like to thank you for joining us in our most action-packed, action soap opera episode of uh, of Pure Gold, where we talked about everything from Jen Sturger to Todd looking at things he should not be looking at to, you know, the th- terrible tragedies in Japan and locally and, of course, the economy, which is another tragedy in and of itself. We talked about politics. We talked about sports. We talked about wrestling or whatever it's called now, uh, sports entertainment, action soap opera. We talked about movies. We talked about TV shows. And we actually forgot to mention that Smallville is coming back this Friday, and that's very exciting. Uh, we talked about our poll. I mean, we, we, we've done it all today, sir. We have done it all. Remember, call us, 714-364-4721 to be a part of the show. And, of course... Of course, the show was brought to you by Freedom Cleaning. If you have an office, an apartment, or even a church that needs to be cleaned, you call Freedom Cleaning at 973-668-2275. They're located in West Patterson or Woodland Park, New Jersey. They service Passaic, Bergen, Essex, and Morris Counties. Freedom Cleaning is an LLC where they say, let us do the dirty work, because they are a bunch of dirty, dirty girls. 
Call Benjamin or boys. Call Benjamin Ortiz for a price quote today at nine seven three six six eight two two seven five or email them freedom the number two clean at yahoo.com. Sir? And folks, after you are done cleaning your office, apartment, or even church, you may find that copier, printer, fax machine, or even computer, and yes, even a typer that needs repair. If you do, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400, located in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Executive Business Machines is a family-owned and operated business for over 50 years where they specialize in service, sales, supplies on all office equipment. Once again, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400, and if you mention Pure Gold, you will get 20% off of your service order. DG? Folks, we'd like to thank you for joining us once again. We'd like to thank JenSturger.com for sponsoring us. We'd like to thank all of our other sponsors for the evening, of course. Um, our callers, our listeners, Pyro who joined us, Hans who joined us, Shannon who emailed us and listened to us and everybody else. And, of course, Melissa Ortiz, our other biggest fan. Um, you know, folks, I just, I'm just i so thankful for this show. This is a great opportunity. This is probably, I would say, the greatest show on earth, and there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you want entertainment... You come to PG. If you want, you know, morality, you come to PG. If you want to talk about other nonsensical things, if you want to talk about anything under the sun, cats, anything, you come to the show because we talk about it all. Remember to tune in next Tuesday and next Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have some guests coming up in a couple um As I'm being told by our producers that the show's closing out and they're about to, uh, you know, pull pull the plug on this. Remember to tune in, folks. It's going to be great. As always, I'd like to thank Kelly, our, our board op, Fitz, our producer, in no particular order. Of course, uh, Jose, our media director. Thank Hans. Thank Pyro. Thank Shannon. Thank everyone. Thank you. Thank myself. Thank JB for a wonderful show. For JB, this is DG of PG reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everyone. And God bless America. And let's go Knicks. And the Mets absolutely suck. Woo! Jen Sturger. Go Celtics. Uh, Todd loves Jen Sturger.